Jones, I think, can sense it right now. To go inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three. It's no good! The Liberty Flames are still dancing. Hand the flame to the biggest victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets it to AC. Deep three, pull up. Larry Blair reverse way up, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the ages. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013 crown. Look at Bio Baxter Barrel. 25 for Colin Porter. Holmes lead. Splash. Shiloh Robinson with an effort play. And Liberty keeps on coming. A huge basket by Kyle Rowe. Got it! Pacheco with the three. Liberty, put your dancing shoes on. Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the AC of Red podcast is the basketball edition. Nick Kirby joined by my guy, Will Matthews. Uh, A great time to be a Liberty fan. Ain't that right, Dr. Matthews? It is, man. Uh, Both football and basketball undefeated. Looking forward to going to Lynchburg on Friday to go to the championship game. Looking forward to couple of big games coming up in this stretch here for basketball. Yeah, huge week coming up for Liberty Basketball. We will talk all about that with uh, our guy Caden Matheny coming off an incredible performance on Saturday. We'll talk with him. Also, uh, last-minute addition to the show, we're going to have a uh, uh, a guy from the uh, Florida Atlantic, a Sea of Red equivalent, going to join us to talk a little bit about their program and uh, – uh, help us preview this huge matchup for Liberty on Tuesday. But, Will, I got to ask you first, right before we were coming on, I, I saw the coffee a-brewing. Did I not? That that certainly is ironclad coffee, right? It is. It's a little bit of the bare knuckle. I got it in the mail this week, and it is chef's kiss. Shout out to ironclad. They got it here quickly over the Thanksgiving holiday, and it's just as good as advertised. And that was very easy to order on ironcladcoffee.com. Am I right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was, you know, they've got some options there. You can get the the ground. You can get the whole bean if you like to do it yourself. Um, I got one of each because I do like to do it myself. And then I wanted to see what it was like uh, ground already. And so um, it's, it's really good, man. Uh, easy to order. Um, easy to uh, drink as well. No K cups in the the Matthews house. Only the real stuff. That's for right. The uh, for for the North Carolinans. Uh, well, good. Well, Ironclad Coffee, of course, proud sponsor of a Sea of Red, proud sponsor of Liberty Basketball, uh, taking over the entire city of Lynchburg and the entire state of Virginia as the number one coffee provider in our hearts. Uh, of course, online orders on IroncladCoffee.com. Get get your coffee just like Mister Matthews did. Again, we always want to support uh, companies that support Liberty and uh, no one better than Ironclad Coffee. 
All right. Well, Will, it was a great uh, week. We only had one game uh, for Liberty basketball um, as they uh, destroyed the UMES. That's Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks, 99-62. Cade Matheny, as mentioned, going to be on the program here in a few minutes. 20 points, 5 for 7 for 3. Joseph Van Zandt, his first career double-double. Uh, Kyle Rowe decided, hey, I didn't feel like scoring today. I'm just going to dish out 8 assists. And uh, something that brings a smile to my cold heart, Liberty set a new program <laughs> record with points per possession. This is beautiful basketball. People people look at this go, ah, these games don't matter. No, no, this does. Liberty moved up in Ken Palm. This was one of Liberty's problems, Will, in some of the other years where they had really good teams. Like like that 2019-20 and then the next year, really, really good teams. But they wouldn't just blow these teams out. And I know that might sound heartless, but you got to be heartless if you're a mid-major. You can't get scheduled against the big dogs, so you got to beat the snot out of teams like UMES. And they did it. They took care of business. And Liberty moved up into the top 40 highest Ken Palm ranking in school history. Yeah, it's easy to overlook these games. I mean, you kind of look at Maryland Eastern Shore. feels like we've played them five or six times over the last two years. Um, but, you know, you look at a game like this and you're like, ah, oh, easy win, you know, and um, maybe a step up from region or something like that. Um, but as you said, like these are the games that give you the opportunity to not only build – um, I guess, you know, because it's early season, build that chemistry um, in a win, but um, really like put those numbers on your resume um, to really just show how dominant you are on the court. When this was a classic trap game, I mean, you're coming off that tournament where you beat Furman, Wichita, and Vermont, and then you have Maryland Eastern Shore, and then you have Florida Atlantic and Charleston coming up. This is right in the middle of that classic trap game, classic game where you you could at least you know let a team hang around for a while, maybe only win by six or seven, and uh, that it matters. It, it matters a ton when you're not getting the opportunities um, that that Liberty doesn't get, like a lot of other bigger programs. And uh, this is what what catapults you. It did the same thing for Florida Atlantic. We'll talk about them later on. They uh they beat Virginia Tech by like thirty something points and uh uh it it shot them up like fifteen spots in Ken Palm and people might think that's not a big deal but when you're the mid major that's the numbers they're looking at it doesn't mm-hmm. matter you could go you know you could go uh thirty and three but if your Ken Palm's eighty no one's gonna even consider you as an at large yeah and and i don't know if you saw i watched a little bit of florida atlantic's coaches uh his presser and he talked a little bit about like just scheduling you know um how they were fortunate to get some p5s and uh on neutral courts and you know we didn't get any you know we've got alabama coming up and florida atlantic is not a p5 but it's a uh, it's a really good team and um you know, we don't have some of those games, but we were able to get some really good mid-major um, games in that Myrtle Beach. And, hey, it's it's just like what with football. Like, you can only play the next game ahead of you. Um, and you've got to dominate those games that you're supposed to dominate. Yeah, absolutely. I'm at the end of this game. I'm, I'm watching. I, I'm, I'm just locked in at the end of one of these games where I know you can really run the margin mm-hmm. up as, just as much as if it's a five-point game. 
uh, I'm sick. I, I, you know, I probably need help, but, uh, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Uh, Liberty getting a lot of love, uh, again, continuing nationally, uh, 38th and the others receiving votes, uh, had two voters vote for them. Our guy, Dave Reeran drop Liberty down a couple spots. I'm not really sure how after, uh, Dominic, where you I'm sure it's more about other teams and whatnot. And then uh, a new voter from Fort Wayne, Indiana, put the Flames in for the first time. Dylan Sin. Yeah, Dylan. Ooh. Let's get it. And then uh, hey. some other some other guy dropped Liberty. I, I don't know why. I don't know how Liberty gets dropped after, uh, uh, you know, beating uh, Maryland Eastern Shore by uh, 37 points. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. But nonetheless, cool to see Liberty uh, continue to get some love. And then Liberty, the field of 68, Liberty number two in their top 25 that came out today. And Liberty ranked number 25 in their uh, top 25 rankings. I'm sure the fact that Liberty is playing in the Field of 68 tournament this weekend has nothing, or showcase has nothing to do with Liberty being in the top <laughs> 25. I'm sure that's completely irrelevant. Uh, but nonetheless, well, really cool to see the the Flames getting some national recognition. Yeah, and, um, you know, hey, uh, JMU is right there in front of us. Uh, that hurts a little bit, but shout out to our guy. Uh, what was his name? Dylan Sin. Um, you know, Sin. Uh, it's a big deal when someone with the name Sin is ranking Liberty in a in a top twenty five. I think. I don't know if he's been to Convocation three times a week or not, but we certainly want to invite him. Yeah, uh, we'll have uh, Katie Matheny on here in just a minute. We'll talk a little bit more about the subway match against Florida Atlantic, and again against. Um, um, Charleston as well, but let's take a quick look at uh, where things stand in the old Conference USA. Of course, Liberty up to 39. They were 38 at one point, fell down a, a spot. Uh, so, some other teams just moving around. But this is the highest ranking in program history. First time Liberty's been inside the top 40, uh, which obviously is really cool to see. Louisiana Tech continues to climb. Um, I, I tweeted about it. Lipscomb is was the only other team in a conference Liberty was in that was ranked inside of the top 100 that, that, that year that Liberty had those three games. Um, Lipscomb was just incredible the year, an absolute travesty. They didn't get in the NCAA tournament as they kind of showed in the NIT. I think that they deserve to be in as well, but li that Lipscomb team was the only team since like, I think 2007, the last time Winthrop was like a top 25 team that Liberty's played in a conference with the top 100 team. So that's really cool to see. Uh, Louisiana Tech, they look really, really dangerous. Um, really excited for those matchups. Like, love that you get to play them twice. Uh, and then Sam Houston State, uh, they're playing well. They're continuing to climb up uh, in the into the top 150. Um, UTEP just fell a little bit, but I think those are probably those, those top four feel like they're kind of separating a little bit from the pack. Middle Tennessee, they've kind of been a disappointment. They uh, lost three in a row. Tough teams, UAB, uh, Illinois, Chicago, and Ohio, uh, all top uh, 115 Ken Palm teams. Uh, but they, uh, they're they only four and four right now, so they've fallen down a little bit. And then kind of the, the bottom of the of CUSA is, uh, was looking good for a while, but they've had some pretty rough performances over the last couple of weeks. But again, it's a long season. It's only November 27th. Um, and I think we'll see uh, a lot of movement. Uh, Conference USA did, unfortunately, fall, though, from 11 to 13 um, overall. Any any kind of just quick observations from, from CUSA? Anyone kind of stand out on their will? Um, yeah, I mean, 
Western Kentucky looks like they're starting to fall a little bit. Um, I always have expectations for them to be pretty good, um, as well as Middle Tennessee, as you you kind of touched on some of their misfortune a little bit. But Louisiana Tech really creeping up there in the top 100. Um, we thought they would be, you know, second or third in the conference this year. Um, they're looking like they're going to be the real deal. Just love the conference USA overall as far as uh, the schedule um, that we we are playing um, to get us prepared for Conference USA, but also just so much better to have some of these, you know, top 150 Ken Palm teams like baked into your schedule already, as opposed to what we've had the last few years with the with the ASUN. Yeah, and it was reported today that Delaware is expected to join yeah. CUSA. Uh, they came and they're coming right now. They're at 151. So that's putting another team right smack in the middle of, of your conference rankings. Another quality program. I know they got a really good uh, fan base and in, in, in obviously that really small state, but uh, I, I love college as well that you can add that uh, have those, that, that those strong fan bases, even if they're small, they have that good contingency. And I think Delaware kind of has that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know football drives everything right. Um, and today there was a storm on uh, the old X about um, Delaware being added and how Liberty needs to get out of the Conference USA immediately. I like the Delaware ad. I like it for both football and basketball. Um, and then there's talk of Tarleton coming in. UMass, that would probably be football only. I don't see them jumping out of the A-10 to come to the Conference USA unless Conference USA kind of demands that they be all sports. They should. They should. That would, that would be great. That'd be great. I, I've said it all day that, um, you know, it, just from a perception, I'd rather have UMass than Tarleton. And a lot of that is tied in with basketball because uh, UMass is a, is a, a name uh, in basketball. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. The, the conference, you know, having a, a another good team here in the next, uh, was it 25, 26 or something like that, that they'll be added. They keep doing like they are. That's a, that's another, you know, top uh, 150 team added to our schedule. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring in our guy, Caden Matheny, to talk about uh, all things Liberty basketball. All right. We're joined now by Liberty guard, Caden Matheny. Caden, off a huge performance, uh, Really shooting the ball well of three. Just feeling uh, really comfortable so far here with uh, with Liberty six and zero. Oh. Yeah, I mean it's uh, can't start any better, right? Six and zero. Oh. <laughs> so uh, so it's definitely been a great start for us. Caden, <laughs> th this game on Saturday that you guys played, obviously you're coming off that huge tournament uh, where you played three really really good schools. You have Florida Atlantic in the wings. This felt like a classic trap game. And you guys came out and you put up a a, a huge margin. Uh, were you guys kind of really proud of of the way that you you know took this opponent on Saturday? You know, very serious. Yeah, I mean, credit to the coaches and our our, our leaders, um, Kyle especially. Just you know, on any given day, you, you never know. Uh, uh, any team can bring their A game and, and knock you off. So uh, you never want to look too far ahead of the schedule, um, and you always just want to play in the present. And uh, so we went out there uh, like it was our last game and uh, performed really well. Caden, thanks for joining us, man. Um, we love watching you on the team this year. And 
Um, all of you guys play. You guys had a long, you know, uh, road trip to Myrtle Beach. Um, you know, how was that for you? Um, how, what was it like coming back after, you know, a trip like that, coming home to the uh, Liberty Arena, you know, over Thanksgiving break? I mean, it, it, it looked good on TV. Uh, it looked like yeah. you guys had a, a pretty good crowd. Um, how was your how was your trip to Myrtle Beach? And um, what was it like coming home to uh, home court? Yeah, I mean, the Myrtle Beach uh, tournament was awesome. Uh, we got to play some really quality opponents um, and uh, just getting us ready for uh, Conference USA. Uh, we think we played some similar talent level uh, teams to Conference USA. So that was a really good test for us. Um, and also just uh, a good way to bond with our with our teammates that we were there for, gosh, six days. So uh, really just uh, cementing our relationship as a, as a team off the court, as well as on the court. And, uh, man, this team, we can't get any closer than what we are right now. Uh, it's one of the most connected teams I've ever been on. And, uh, the Myrtle beach tournament was just another opportunity for us to grow our relationship off the court as well. And then, uh, it was nice coming back home and finally playing another home game, uh, felt like an eternity since we, uh, last played in Lynchburg here. So, uh, it was nice to play in front of the home crowd once again. All right, so Caden, your first three games in a Liberty uniform, you shot two, four, and four three-pointers. Last three games, nine, six, and seven. Is that more of just a, like a comfortability thing? Is that just those teams were maybe giving it to you more? You're feeling it? What, what's uh, what's up with the big uptick? And obviously, you're shooting it really well. Yeah, I think I just it's just, I mean, this team is so unselfish, so... Um, anybody, any given night can, uh, put that many shots up. Um, we all believe in one another and, uh, it's just a credit to my teammates. If I'm, if I got it going, they know, uh, they know to find me. And, uh, as well as if Kyle's got it going, Colin's got it going, Brody, um, we know to, we know to get at them because man, we can all, uh, we can all shoot and we can all put the, put the ball in the, in the basket. And that's what I think makes us such a, uh, tough out for other teams because it's just, we're, it's not a one-man show. We all can uh, can score the ball. Yeah, you guys can, and you guys are are showing that. It's such a, it looks like such a seamless, balanced effort every night. And um, you know, the the team lost um, a lot last year with uh, Darius McGee, Blake Preston, um, but you guys, you know, yourself and Xander, and um, you know, others coming in. Um, it looks like you guys have completely skipped November and are playing like March basketball. Um, you know, what you, in terms of, you know, how well y'all seem to to be gelling as a team on the court, what contributes do you think you guys to to playing so cohesively on not just offensively, but but defensively too? Like is it um just like a, a steady force of some of those guys that have been there? Is it just the way the coaching staff like is is um being with you guys or is it a little you know a little bit of everything i think first and foremost it's just how much we care for one another and how much like joy we really have playing with one another so like when we go out there on the court like we we're having so much fun with each other and i think that carries over to how we perform as well and it leads to us all being unselfish as well and then also credit to the to the coaching staff and and the leaders you know me being a transfer, uh, coming in and then just teaching me the ways early on um, and making it as clear as possible of what I need to do out there to to help us. And um, 
what all of us collectively need to do to perform. And, uh, but like I said earlier, it's like, it, we just have so much fun together. So I think that's what it comes down to of us just loving being out there with, with one another. And then it shows in our performance. All right. So Caden, uh, Liberty receiving votes in the top 25, uh, several publications have ranked you as high as two in, in among mid majors. Saw some folks actually rank you in the top 25 today. Uh, Liberty currently has their highest Ken Palm ranking in school history. So what, what is that like? How, how is it like, first off, like how cool is that for you guys to be a part of, but also how do you kind of, you know, uh, try to temper that and, and kind of the new expectations that have quickly rose to, to the team. Yeah. I mean, like you guys said earlier, it is November. So, I mean, it's a, it's a long season. It's a long season and we know that. So, uh, I mean, we, we don't get caught up in the rankings. We don't get caught up in the expectations because we, uh, we collectively know on the inside, like what we're capable of, um, and, uh, and what the coaches believe we can do as well. Um, so like, yeah, it's cool and all, but, uh, we understand the end goal. Um, and that goal is not to be ranked right now in November. Um, we want to be one of the best teams at the end of the year. Yeah. Hey, you, you talked earlier about, you know, how the coaching staff is very clear with, you know, what expectations are, uh, for you and like, you know, other teammates and like how you specifically can help the team, you know, outside of coach McKay, who, um, you know, every time the camera catches him on TV, he is never smiling. He does not look like he's having a good time. But is there another coach that you, like, specifically have really connected with that that you feel has really helped your game since you've been here? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say one in, one specifically, but that's what makes our coaching staff so special. Um, they all collectively have their own part in uh, making each individual the best version of themselves. And uh, – so it's and the thing about our coaches is, yeah, they want us to be uh, the best basketball player we can be, but they also want us to be the best person outside of basketball as well. So I wouldn't even say like it, they've necessarily helped me most on the court. It's really been off the mm -hmm. court. And uh, yeah. that's what, what's been so special about it. All right, Caden. So huge game coming up on Thursday, uh, number 13, Florida Atlantic. You guys are going to be going down there team that played in the final four last year uh what's kind of your your initial thoughts on this florida atlantic team yeah i mean obviously seeing what they did last year that's that's a goal of ours to achieve what they did last year um so i mean i, I would be lying to say if we weren't a little extra motivated for this one um and uh, man they're a great team uh they're showing it. Then again, now winning the tournament they were just in, um, beating some really quality opponents. So it, it's going to be a, a it's going to be a test for us, and we're excited for it. We're excited to see uh, see how we how we can how we can do. But like like I've said before, it is November, so it's um it's a, a nice test early to see what we what what, what we can do. Um, but we're going to go in there with a lot of confidence. Like every game, um, we believe we can play with the best. And uh, we're glad we have them on the schedule for sure. Yeah, and then you've got, you know, right after FAU, you've got Alabama coming up after that. So some big tests. In your per, from your perspective, you know, how, how do you guys or, you know, even how do you specifically approach like these non-conference games? Is it, you know, do you see it as merely just preparation for conference play or is it more, 
like for you guys more like resume building or, you know, is it getting to know your team, seeing different styles of play from different teams or how, how do you kind of gauge the non-conference? Um, yeah, I think, I think every, year? every game is its own entity. Every game is a, is a way to uh, learn more about us. And it's, when it comes down to it, it's, it's Liberty against Liberty. It's all about us. Um, so after every game we get to, learn a couple of things that maybe we need to get better at um, or a couple of things that maybe we are good at and want to keep getting better at those. And uh, that's what's so good about the non-conferences. And like this year, I mean, our non-conference is loaded with, with great teams. And uh, we think that's going to get us prepared for Conference USA because um, we, we don't know what Conference USA is going to be like yet. Um, so we think these, these uh, great quality opponents in the non-conference is really just ways to – see how uh, we can improve and just get us, get us ready for conference USA for sure. All right, Caden, last question for you. Uh, Liberty, 0-19 all-time against AP top 25 teams. Obviously, a lot of that came, you know, before Liberty's, you know, kind of rose to to the, the incredible level you guys have, have risen to. But how cool would it be to get that first ever top 25 win? That would be that would be pretty cool. Not gonna lie, that'd be pretty cool. But um, like I said, uh, every game has its own entity, and uh, we're definitely a little bit excited for this one for sure. Awesome. Well, Caden, really appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck in this tournament. Uh, also, really looking forward to the game against Charleston, another really good uh, opponent as well on uh, uh, Friday. We'll catch up again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. All right, thanks, Caden. All right, we're going to have a quick word from uh, Jason Porter Real Estate, and then we'll be back. We'll preview the uh, FAU and Charleston games. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with legacy realty and development and uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my liberty university uh, family and the athletics family as well been enjoying serving them uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that i hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services which i really appreciate but certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes of course and then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential, but uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well the uh, other thing that i would add too is just a very very full rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that i've made through the years so if i can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck whatever i'd certainly be glad to give you access to that rolodex and those references as well because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much.
All right. We are joined now by uh, Kevin Fielder. Uh, Kevin, you are a FAU alum. I know you write a little bit about FAU, but tell everyone about kind of all the looks like you do a, a, a plethora of things. Yeah, uh, you know, I actually left the FAU beat probably a couple months ago, uh, you know, to, to take a job covering Kansas State. But for the last four years, I was covering FAU basketball. And, you know, I was front and center for their rise from, you know, empty gyms and, uh, you know, in the the empty high school gyms, as everyone likes to say on Twitter, uh, to, you know, cover, for covering a Final Four run. Uh, now, I guess this year, trying to build off of that with, pretty much the same core uh from top to bottom yeah kevin me and uh will know a little bit about that not the final four yet we're hoping to get to that point uh but we definitely uh we're at a few uh uh liberty games uh back when uh uh the, the tickets were a little easier to come by than they they are now uh <laughs> So, Kevin, talk to us about this year's team. Obviously, you know, let's let's step, let's step back. I want to know first, as someone who obviously cares about the FAU program, what was that Final Four run like last year? I, I always say that it was surreal because at every single turn from, you know, the beginning of the season to the end of it when they had lost on whatever that shot was, uh, you know, it was always surreal because you never really expected it to happen. You know, mid-season, you're like, dang, this team looks pretty good. They may be a fine they, – they may make the tournament. Then they clinch a tournament spot, and you're like, okay, that was cool. When does it end, right? And it's like they, they, they get Memphis in round one. You're going, yeah, that's probably it for Memphis, right? I mean, just, you know, they, you're playing a good Memphis team, and, you know, they've got talent. They've got dudes. And then they win the game on a buzzer beat, and you're like, okay, and they got FDU, and you're like, okay, they could probably beat FDU, right? Uh, you know, Purdue couldn't, but you know, <laughs> you, you think that FAU can. Uh, then, then you go to the Sweet 16. You've got Tennessee, and you go, all right, that's it. Tennessee's a, a high major program. They've just got more talent than you. It's over there. Then they win that game, and then you're like, okay, well, I mean, it probably doesn't end here, right? Then it doesn't end. I like it felt like at every turn it was like they were defying some expectation that I had set on them. And, you know, I had always been sort of a little bit more bearish on them than others in the sense of, you know, they probably have a chance of being good in the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, it's probably just going to end in the the round of 32 or the round of 64. And, you know, outside of the one bracket I put where FAU made the final four, because, well, I'm an FAU alum and I have to do it regardless. <laughs> but like, other than that, I was just like, yeah, you know what? It's probably going to end here. And, at no point did it really end, and it was surreal. And you know, I think at some point you sort of just sort of buy buy into it, and you go, you know what, this is what it is. And it, it was, <laughs> I, I always just like say it was surreal because you never really expected it. And you know, covering a Cinderella team, not you know a team that was expected to be there when the season started, made it even cooler. Yeah, and, hey, and I was gonna just real quick, it will get you will is. Uh, I was gonna say for for maybe the gift of getting fairly Dickinson to the second round, Tennessee was pretty underseeded in, in a lot of people. Like they finished sixth in Ken Palm, so like like it wasn't necessarily like they just had like this you know easy path to the Final Four, right? Yeah, like you know they got fairly Dickinson, and fairly Dickinson gave them trouble because fairly Dickinson gave everyone trouble in the tournament. Uh, you know we all watched him beat Purdue, uh, and then. 
you know, you, you get Tennessee, and I thought it ended there. Like, I thought once they got Tennessee, they just didn't have a chance, right? Tennessee is that good at basketball, and they beat Tennessee, and I thought that Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson and Kansas State would just be too much, right? Like, I mean, they didn't just beat beat up on bad teams. They beat up on teams that people either thought would make the Final Four or the Elite Eight or teams that they thought could win a national championship. Like, there were people predicting Tennessee to win the national championship. So, like, I, I never really bought into the idea, and I know everyone else wanted to, that, like, oh, they were just playing bad teams. Like, they got lucky. They didn't really get lucky. Like, they were just kind of better than those teams. Yeah, they, they found it at the right time, right? Um, just a little geography um, for, you know, Lynchburg is pretty close to UVA, pretty close to Virginia Tech. Um, you know, what was it like for the community of um, Boca to kind of like get behind Florida Atlanta? Of course, like the alum are, you know, very excited about that. But like, did it did you see much impact like in the area for that? Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, FAU just doesn't get a lot of community support in basketball before last season, right? Like there were fans going, like some alumni, some boosters, some students would go because, well, you know, it's a basketball game on campus. But there wasn't like sold out crowds. Most of the crowds were empty, uh, you know, and Dusty May had tried to change that. And I think, you know, at some point you just sort of reserve it to it's going to have to happen through wins. And so when they started to win and they make the NCAA tournament, everyone in the area is talking about FAU, right? Like I would go to the grocery store wearing an FAU jacket and someone would stop me and talk about them. And before, <laughs> if you're wearing an FAU jacket, everyone just sort of looks and keeps walking because there's nothing to talk about with FAU basketball or even FAU football at that time. So the, the community really embraced the team. And I think the thing that's interesting was it was not just a one, a, a one month embrace after the season ended, they held a, a sort of a, uh, like a congratulations party kind of thing. And that thing was sold out to like, they held it at an outdoor like amphitheater thing. And there was not a, you, you couldn't even walk there without bumping into someone. And then, you know, this season, the first two home games of the season against Eastern Michigan and Bryant is sold out. Uh, and, you know, I tried to get tickets to one of the games, right? Like as, as a fan and the tickets were $50 each and, two years ago, the ticket was $5. And frankly, you probably could have walked in and they wouldn't have stopped you. So everything changed and everyone started to embrace the program. Uh, and, and to this, to the community's credit, they're still embracing the program. Yeah. I got some, some notes here on, on FAU. Uh, so last year uh, finished 17th in Ken Palm, never ranked higher than 129 prior to that, never ranked higher than 186 before Dusty May came along. Uh, so we thought like Liberty's leap from 2018 to 2019 was a lot. This is like on a, on a whole, <laughs> a whole nother level. Uh, but, but Kevin, obviously FAU loses to Bryant and everyone comes out of the woodwork. Oh, FAU's oh, yeah. overrated. FAU's overrated. And then what do they do? They turn around and beat Butler, beat number 12, Texas A&M, and then just absolutely beat the snot out of Virginia Tech. So before we talk about that tournament, what happened against Bryant? How, how does that game happen? I, I always say this as someone who's watched basketball for a long time and talks to coaches every day from the high school level and the, the college level. Like there are just some games where, man, the ball just is not going in the hoop. And that was one of those games. Like I think that they were probably a little over-reliant on the three ball in that game. And 
they start taking some shots when they get down five or six because you know there's there's pressure on FAU now, right? Like, I mean, the the old cliche of they're gonna get another team's best game is true, right? Like they got Bryant's best shot and they hung around and they sort of kept delivering some punches to stay in the game, but they just couldn't make shots down the down the stretch. And it was concerning to a sense. Like, yeah, man, you got to make shots eventually. But like, I also think that like, it was just one of those games. And obviously during the tournament, they during that, that ESPN invitational, they had proven that it was just one of those games. And, you know, you, you have those games throughout the season. Last season, FAU had those games. And for the most part, they were able to survive them and pull out wins. And so, We'll see if this year they're able to survive those games where they, you know, they shoot 30%, 20% from three. And, you know, it just feels like the ball isn't going in the hoop. But it was just really one of those games for the most part. Well, so this tournament, uh, I watched a little bit of these games. I watched, I put on a replay of Texas A&M, fell asleep to that last night. And kind of my my initial observation is just, Obviously, FAU has some really, really talented players, but they they played at least against Texas A&M so disciplined. That that was kind of the biggest takeaway that I had. Is it's not just that you have really good players, you also have really disciplined players. Uh, top twenty five offense, top forty defense, both of the last two years. So a balanced team. Is that kind of what you see out of this team? Yeah, under Justin May, they're balanced, they're disciplined, they know their roles. Like all the cliches I could throw out there, they probably fit. I think the thing was against Butler in particular, they they felt like they were playing a little too rigid. And last season, the thing that sort of defined FAU was they played freely, they played loosely, they they played like they had nothing to lose. And I think to an extent, it's because they had nothing to lose, right? Like this is a team that had never been in that situation before, so you're not playing with these lofty and crushing expectations on you. This season, early on the season, it just sort of felt like something was off, right? Like. You can't really explain it. it. It just sort of feels like something isn't right and something isn't clicking. Uh, and then against Texas A&M and Virginia Tech, they, they just felt looser. Uh, you know, against Texas A&M, uh, you know, Elijah Martin started to get a little hot. He started hit his shots a little bit more. And, you know, he was having the same confidence that he had last season of, you know, he wasn't afraid to take a shot. And if he missed the shot, he'd go back and he'd take that shot again three different times. Uh, you know, it's felt like in some of these early games, he was just sort of trying to find his rhythm. I think part of that is because he was hurt. You know, he had a stress fracture in the offseason. And as he's recovering from that, I think he's just trying to, to an extent, take it easy. Uh, but now, you know, he's playing like someone who is is looking to win games again and is comfortable in his role and comfortable taking those shots. And I think that's the biggest thing is that now, uh, you know, through these last two games, this is a team playing comfortably. And this is a team that's sort of embracing that loft those lofty expectations and they're not a team that's feels like it's a crushing weight of expectations on them that like they have to be at their best during every single game so elijah martin as you mentioned he was co-preseason aac player of the year but the reason he was co-preseason aac player of the year is because he was he was co-players with his teammate (laughs) which is just shows how ridiculously talented this team is but on martin one thing that stood out for me, obviously scored 55 points in the three games in the ESPN Invitational, scored 26 in the final four against San Diego State, very efficient shooting in that game, and then scored 30 points in the CUSA Championship game. Is he just a player that feels like he kind of really rises to the moment in these big games? Yeah, he was the guy last year when they needed a bucket. He was going to be the guy with the ball in his hands, and he was going to try and make a play. And 
the thing that is really impressive is his growth as a complete offensive player. Like he's no longer just the athletic dude who can dunk. He's the athletic dude who can dunk, who can shoot the three, who can play as an off ball, you know, secondary score if he needs to, uh, you know, he's still a great defender. Like he's now become that all around player that not only do NFL or NBA, sorry, uh, scouts covet, but like, you know, the FAU team needed that, right? Like they needed a dude who's going to step up and make plays. And he's the guy who, when FAU needs a bucket, even if he's shooting four for 30 from the floor, you know, he, he's never seen a shot he doesn't like. And I think that's like really what FAU needed was a dude who is not going to be afraid to take the shot, not going to be afraid of the expectations and the weight of taking said shot. Uh, you know, he's just going to take the shot. And he's going to live with the results of it because he trusts his own abilities. And then one other player I wanted to ask you about is uh, the the other co-player of the year, um, uh, Davis Jr. Um, scouting report in here, compact, strong, powerful two-guard who projects as a possible second-round pick in the 2024 draft. I know uh, both of these players uh, tested the NBA draft waters and decided to come back. What makes uh, Davis such a special player? I know he was sixth man of the year last year, has kind of had to carry a little bit more of a load this season. I... So I love John L. Davis, right? Because John L. Davis is one of those guys you cover and he doesn't say much. Like he's not a very good interview, but you just sort of feel like he's got that confidence to him. And he's got that ability of like, I'm going to beat you, right? Like you're going to punch me and I'm going to punch you back three different times. And I'm going to make you fall to the ground because like I, some of that's his upbringing. Some of that's the fact that he was a little bit under recruited coming out of high school. And now he's into this position where he's the guy and he's, plays he's, he's played point guard he's played like small ball five he plays across the floor and he makes plays right he's a he's a he's he's a playmaker he's he's a guy who's going to get the plays who's going to you know be a solid passer and distributor and then you know if you need a bucket he's going to be able to find a way to create his own shot uh and you know i think that he's probably as of now the more likely nba talent between him and martin I think both are going to be on NBA scouting, uh, you know, NBA scouts watch lists. Same with Vlad Golden, the, the center who's played incredibly good this season. But Davis in particular, right? Like he's the NBA talent of a guy who can do a little bit of everything, uh, you know, sort of jack of all trades, really not a master of none. Like he's not going to stand out and be like an elite three-point shooter or an elite point, like a, an elite two guard, but he's just going to be really dang good at everything. And for me, those guys sort of really help because, you know, you need guys who can score buckets. You need guys who are going to play good defense. You also need guys who you can just trust to do everything. And that's what John L. Davis is. He's a guy who can just do everything for you. So uh, Nick Boyd was out uh, during that tournament. Um, I wouldn't expect you to have the full inside scoop. I know <laughs> college coaches are uh, about as hard to get, especially at the basketball level, about as hard to get injury information out um, as just about anything else. Um, do you, do you have any idea if he's, if he is coming back? Do you have any, how big of a, a loss is he, if he's not in the lineup, obviously they played very well without him this, this past weekend. Yeah. So Dusty may had mentioned, I seen it on Twitter and I wish I could tell you who it was, who had tweeted out. I think it was like bleacher brothers or something. I, I, if I'm wrong there, like I apologize to the person who tweeted this out, but like he was a guy, uh, you know, Dusty may had said that he's probably not going to play against Liberty. Uh, I think these words were, I don't expect it, but I'm not going to rule it out, right? Like, so uh, to some degree, like, I don't think it was expected that Giancarlo Rosado, the other guy who was out for most of that ESPN Invitational, was going to play against 
uh, Virginia Tech, but he played against Virginia Tech, so I wouldn't rule it out. But it feels like they're going to be without him for for Liberty, and that's a loss. Uh, you know, he's the the quintessential role player who just makes the the key shot, doesn't get the attention that other guys get, but when you need the three, he's going to make the three. He's been a really good you know playmaker for them. I'm going to say though that like to their credit, FAU's got the depth to sort of forget about him into a sense like you know they can they can handle a game without him and they've proven that they proved that during the espn invitational uh if he can't go i think we're going to see a lot more brian greenlee and jabbar gaffney or, or jalen gaffney excuse me uh, jabbar gaffney's the football player but uh jalen gaffney and i you know i think that those two have proven that they can be high level impactful role players uh greenlee's a great shooter gaffney's a great defender uh, they're they're going to use them both. Uh, and then if Nick Boyd can play, that's a huge boost for FAU. But he's not a guy who like is irreplaceable. And I don't really think there's a guy on FAU's team that, you know, if they had to miss him for a game, he's irreplaceable. But Nick Boyd is like the quintessential role player who FAU would like to have in a game like this. Well, you got any other questions for Kevin? Yeah. Uh, well, Kevin, I'm, you know, um, Conference USA, um, Liberties new to the conference Florida Atlantic is out and, you know, went out on top. Is that something that's just, you know, for you just rear view mirror or is, you know, are there still like some, you know, some interest there and in kind of what, you know, is happening in conference USA. I think that I'm just that guy who, you know, the quintessential, I, I guess we call him sickos committee. I watch every college basketball, right? <laughs> like I was watching Hawaii scrimmages on ESPN plus because it's college basketball. So I, I am interested in the conference USA. I think it's a conference that this year in particular looks a little interesting because Liberty is really dang good at basketball. And, you know, I think middle Tennessee is always up there for basketball. And there are some other teams in that conference who interest you because you don't know what they're going to give you on any given night. And, and so like, I'm watching the conference still, like I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the, the, the expert who can like pull out the stats on every single player in the conference. Like maybe I was last season because I had to be, but like yeah. I, it's still an interesting conference, uh, you know, and you know, football was still probably not as interesting, but the, the basketball itself is, <laughs> I think, always going to be interesting in, in in conference USA. What's your thoughts on the the AAC? Obviously, a much bigger conference uh, than, than conference USA. You don't get to play like the true round robin. Uh, what, what's kind of your thoughts on some of these other teams and and some new teams, some not that you're gonna uh, see this year. Yeah, I, I love the way that Conference USA is built, or not a Conference USA, Amer the American is built this year. Uh, you know, obviously there's the new rivalry with Memphis that every FAU fan loves to latch on to. And, you know, you have USF, who I'm really excited for. I, I think that they're sort of building a team that's going to be competitive. Then you've got the newcomers in this conference. You know, we're talking North Texas, UAB. Like, these are teams that were constantly at the top of Conference USA, and I think they're going to be at the top of the American. And I'm really excited that this is a two bid multiple bid league because it feels like this season, there's going to be a few teams that are in the hunt for at least the conversation of making the tournament. And, you know, hopefully it's a league that, you know, you get more than two, like it would be kind of disappointing if it's two and it's like Memphis and FAU, because I think that some other teams are, are playing at a high level uh, to lane, for example. And then you mentioned those newcomers who, we're at the top of Conference USA last year and we're playing well in tournaments. And so, like, it, it, it was weird because Conference USA got left with the scraps, but those scraps are still pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the American this year is going to be 
incredibly exciting to watch, especially once we get into conference play. I don't think you'll have to worry about East Carolina too much. Oh, no, probably not. I mean, in football, I think you had to worry about them seemingly, but that's another conversation. I, this is not a football show, and I'd rather it not be. <laughs> we'll have to worry about Wichita and Charlotte. Liberty already beat up on them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, last question uh, for you. I really appreciate your time. Uh, this has been been awesome kind of getting to, to know, you know, Liberty's next opponent in, in this you know really big game coming up. Uh, outside of the the top two players, uh, the, the co-players of the year, who's one guy that, that really you think maybe is the other key uh, for this game against Liberty? I'm going to give you two. I had mentioned uh, Vlad Golden, and I think that, you know, I had mentioned on Twitter that, you know, if there were not superhumans at center in the nation right now, he'd be an All-American candidate because he's a he's a double-double machine. He's a guy who can who's added stuff to his game. He's become a little bit better of a playmaker. He's become a reliable free throw shooter. And that's a credit to his work ethic. And then I'm also going to say his backup, uh, Giancarlo Rosado. He, he didn't play a lot during the ESPN Invitational. Uh, but, you know, when you have a guy like him off the bench and they've, they've experimented with playing them both together, uh, you know, you have another big man who, unlike Golden, is sort of a modern-day big man in the sense that he can dribble, he can make plays with the ball in his hands and you know he's got a little bit of a jump shot you know he's not going to stretch it out to the three-point line but a mid-range jumper a, a jumper from the elbow like he can make those jumpers and he can drive with the ball in his hands and so he's one of those guys that like you sort of get the yin and the yang with Rosado and Golden of like both these guys who can do different things at a really high level and when they're playing together like it's sort of unique because they take similar areas on the court and FAU doesn't like to clog the lane so much, but it's worked at times because they can still both do something a little bit different. Like Rosado plays a little bit more at the free throw line and dribbles and tries to make plays from there. And I think Golden's more of your typical, you know, like when you think of post-up centers, he's a guy who's going to post up and use the seven foot body that he's got to his advantage. Awesome. Well, Kevin really do appreciate all your time. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on here on short notice and uh, uh, giving us a preview and uh, uh, good luck this week. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, and anytime guys and happy to be on. All right. Thanks. We're going to have a quick, quick word from experience Leesburg and then we'll be back to uh, wrap this bad boy up. It's real Florida. It's old Florida. And it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions, crystal clear natural springs, and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. All right. Well, there you go. There's your uh, your FAU preview. Uh, huge game, Will. Man, I'm uh, I'm jacked for this. I won't actually be able to watch live, unfortunately. Uh, oh. tra- I'm going to be traveling on Thursday. So I'll be shutting off the phone. Uh, I will I will watch that uh, <laughs> uh, late at night. Try to watch it live without any spoilers. Uh, and I, I'm not sure I'll be able to watch Charlotte at all. So rough weekend to be traveling, but uh, nonetheless, I, I'm still very excited for these games and. Uh, uh, this uh, uh, test for Liberty. Anything from that that interview or anything about FAU really kind of stand out to you, Will? Um, not much other than Kevin is the Florida Atlantic version of Nick Kirby. Um, 
uh, no, like it, just really good information about, you know, um, Martin, um, John L. Davis Jr. Hey, if you, if you were Coach McKay, who are you putting on those guys? Uh, I'd probably put Vinzan on Davis. Davis is a, about two inches taller, so yeah. Florida, Florida Atlantic has a kind of a wild like main rotation. They they have six zero, six three, six two, six four, and then seven one. So they 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 run pretty small four guards. They will play some uh, of uh, their their they have they'll play they have a, a six a six eight and a six nine guy off the bench. They'll play one of those sometimes with. With uh, Vlad Golden, their seven-one guy, uh, but I, I mean, obviously, I think Vincent goes on Davis, and then you know, obviously, the the test for for Cleveland and Shiloh, um, and, and maybe even Sutherland. We've we've kind of you know, saw him get some mm-hmm. minutes of late um, on Vlad Golden will be will be huge. Interested to see if if his early season free throw shooting can keep up. He's up to seventy percent this year. But last year he was only at 58, 58 and a half percent. Um, and, and the year before that was just barely over 61%. So he, he hasn't been a very good free throw shooter. You know, it's small sample, but he's improved. But but is he due for some, you know, free throw regression for a guy that hasn't, you know, shot shot very well uh, uh, overall? But the uh, 7-1 guy out of uh, Russia, Texas Tech transfer. Um hmm. They're talented, man. I just, you know, I watched a little bit of that tournament, and then last night I tried to really focus in and watch a little bit of that Texas A&M game as that was their their toughest. I don't know what the heck happened against Bryant because I watched that game. I'm just like, man, these guys are good. This is a, well, this is a legit top 10 caliber team. This team's better than Alabama. I know if Liberty beats yeah. Alabama, that's going to be the game that everyone would, would you know, they're, they're a tougher team than Alabama. This is a legit yeah top 10 at least top 15 team this is a team that can make the final four again they're just liberty would have to have an incredible effort to beat this team on the road yeah i feel like they're they're the defensive effort is gonna really have to be there yeah um floor atlantic shoots a lot of threes and they make a lot of threes so i feel like if you can get that pack line locked in pretty early create some confusion, maybe make them force some bad shots. You got a chance of them kind of maybe running out of gas towards the end with some tired legs, maybe missing some of those three-pointers. I think I think the defense is going to keep them in the game no matter what. Um, and you hope that this is not one of those games that Liberty, you know, usually has, you know, two or three times a season where they just cannot buy a bucket. Yeah, going to have to make threes of this game. Yeah, uh, uh, that is uh, uh, that is for sure. Uh, yeah, FAU uh, uh, top forty in three point defense so far this year. So, uh, or uh, top, sorry, no, they're not actually that good. Eh, they're only one hundred twenty first in three point defense. I was looking at the wrong one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean they are overall a good defensive team, um, but they they will they'll give up some three. So yeah, it'll be interesting. This will be a uh, a great test. Um, I'm interested to see Liberty has. Felt like they've had much more depth early in this year than I think we any of us anticipated. Seem feels a lot deeper. How will that depth look against the best team that you've played all year? That that's kind of what I'm looking for. How how are some of the you know the Liberty the Liberty role players 
Um, you know how Brody Peebles, how, can Brody Peebles kind of be the the guy that we've seen that that's been just that bucket getter off the bench? Um, mm-hmm. you know how will uh, could could Xander Xander Yates provide something? Um, um, off the bench, I'm not really as worried about Road and Matheny and and Porter. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Shiloh might be the big key off the bench coming in and, and providing that 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 second center. Maybe maybe McKay tries to to play Cleveland and Robinson together, especially since you know FAU sometimes will have uh, a Davis at six four playing the four. Uh, this is a fun coaching matchup as these two guys yeah. are are two of the the best mid major uh, coaches in the entire country. So really looking forward to that. That yeah, I, I feel like McKay is usually playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Um, I think I think Cleveland could be a key in this game. Uh, a little bit scary against Maryland Eastern yeah. Shore there in the first few minutes where he was kind of grabbing at his elbow. And I mean, he stayed in the game, um, but you don't know how much of that is adrenaline. If it's, you know, I haven't heard anything about it being more serious or, you know, anything than just a little pain at the beginning, you know, of the game. But um, hopefully there's nothing there. Um, but I, he's played with a lot of intensity. He's kind of, you know, backing some guys down. And I think, you know, might need some of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we've heard, heard some reports. Cleveland's kind of, you know, maybe Liberty's potential NBA talent. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a game you need an NBA talent type player to step up. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, Liberty does play another game this week uh, against another really, really good team in Charleston. This was a team that uh, uh, coming off a 31-4 and season, uh, they lost by six points in the NCAA tournament to uh, San Diego State, the team that beat FAU in the Final Four. So it's not like they, they lost to some scrub. Uh, last year, they finished 71st in Ken Palm, their best since 2011. Uh, they're picked to win the CAA, so yet another team. What what it, what is this? Will this is the the fourth team that Liberty's face plays? That's Furman was picked to win, Vermont was picked to win, FAU's picked to win their conference, Charleston picked to win their conference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Greg Canyon's picked to win their conference. Is Bama's probably not picked to win the SEC, but I mean they're eighth in Ken Palm right now. So like, man, this is a really really good uh, a non-conference edge. You remember Kelsey from? Uh, his yeah, days, uh, down at Winthrop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had good teams in Winthrop. And he's got a good team in Charleston. It's gonna be a good test. Um, yeah, I think some of the some of those Myrtle Beach games that we played um will come back to maybe help us with a, a, a team like Charleston. Yeah, Charleston put a much faster tempo overall but they've slowed it down a little bit you don't know if that's just some of the opponents you played and that stuff will even out or not without watching every single Charleston Cougars game I can't say that I have but uh I do like their program I think I think that I I love this tournament I love I love that you're you're facing really I mean Liberty Charleston and FAU are like three of like the mid-majors that have come from really not a whole lot to really national prominence in, in a short time really in all parts, thanks to their three coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Liberty is playing a little bit quicker this year. Um, maybe if that, if maybe that's just a byproduct of personnel changes and things like that. I don't, I don't know if a slower tempo Charleston 
is it advantage or a disadvantage? I, I don't know that much about, you know, how the game is played, but um, it does seem to me like Liberty is playing a little bit quicker. Is it, I don't know what the the numbers say about that. Is that something that would be reflected in some uh, Nick Kirby special statistics? The numbers do not at all reflect that. Uh, Liberty is uh, uh, 291st in adjusted tempo. Um, they were uh, 302nd last year, 273rd year before but what i will say will is i feel like liberty's been a lot more um there's been a lot more ball movement and and i feel like there's 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 been some long possessions but there's not the the dribbling around shots like everything feels so intentional in offense that it feels like they mm-hmm. are playing quick but they're not just jacking up shots and i think they're yeah. they're having long possessions but they're really really working the ball around like like we haven't seen I don't want to say ever but at least in a, in a couple of years we haven't saw I think the I, I see so yeah I think they're playing faster but it's not actually like faster in terms of more possessions if that makes sense yeah a little bit of a, an illusion there just because of the ball movement so these two teams my last kind of thought on on FAU and Charleston man I an FAU lost to uh to Bryant, I was just like, oh man, that's that's the worst because like you know, like they're they're motivated, like they they can't afford mm-hmm. another slip up. Um, and obviously Liberty's a great team. Liberty's a top forty, you know, Ken Palm team. So Liberty's great in their own right. But FAU really can't afford to lose to Liberty at home. Like if it's a neutral floor game, it's a little bit different. But you know, kind of all the momentum they build, it would kind of wash away a little bit. So you're you're not going to sneak up on FAU. And then Charleston, man, they, they had a really tough tournament in Myrtle Beach, um, only beating a really, really garbage Charleston, uh, our Coastal Carolina team. So they've also kind of really, they really need this game. So, man, you're facing two, Charleston's a desperate team. FAU is a, I think, a very motivated team. So Liberty's going to absolutely have to to bring in both of these games. Mm-hmm. Double-edged sword, right? I mean, you you want to like, uh, you, you want to win, obviously. Um, and if you lose, you want to keep it really close <laughs> so that it, it doesn't maybe hurt you down the road. Five points or less will keep you in the, the same kid yeah. palm standing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that, that is, uh, uh, a very important, but you beat Florida Atlantic. I'll say it. You start at least making a, a at large conversation, at least a conversation, right? I mean, you move I, I up think in those. Move up in those top twenty-five rankings too a little bit, don't you? Yeah, if if Liberty, if Liberty, this is a big if because winning both of these games, a true road game against Florida Atlantic, a neutral floor game in Florida against Charleston, they win both these games. If they're not ranked to the top twenty-five, those pollsters are not doing their research because you cannot tell me there are twenty-five teams that would have a better resume than Charlotte, Furman, Wichita State, Vermont. Florida Atlantic and Charleston and Florida Atlantic being a true road game. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Liberty should be a top 25 team if, and it's a huge if uh, they were to, to pull off uh, these two wins this week. Don't get our hopes up, Kirby. Don't do it. I, I, I mean, I'm not 30% odds, 30% chance of winning. It's okay. possible. <laughs> it's possible, especially, you know, both these teams choose the three ball so much. Um, <laughs> it's, it's possible, you know, uh, and, and that's kind of what makes Liberty have a high ceiling, but also makes you suspect to lose some of these games. But I do feel like this team is 
as much as they do still rely on the three ball, um, I mean, they're still top 25 in, in three-point attempts per possession. It, it does feel like they're maybe a little bit more protected than the teams in recent memory in terms of if they do have an off-shooting night, because they do feel like they have more ways that they can beat you. Do you, do you feel that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, um, yeah, we just talked about it. Like, you know, as much as we love Darius and one of the greatest, you know, he's on the Mount Rushmore, but, you know, sometimes like he was the only guy that was going to create a shot. And sometimes it wasn't, you know, the best quality shot. Um, but it feels like Caden is a guy that can get inside there. Brody is a guy that can get inside there. Um, Road, Shiloh, Cleveland. Um, I think, you know, if, um, you know, Xander Yates and Sutherland stay in rotation, that those are guys that eventually are going to learn their way inside. And so there's just multiple ways, you know, even the guys that are cutting inside are going to get fouled a lot. So, and and get to the free throw line and get free points. So it it does feel like there's multiple ways that Liberty is going to get you somehow. Yeah. Well, and and even the three ball, there's a lot of different three points. feels like road, Matheny and Peebles are elite three point shooters. Those guys are open. They're they're banging mm-hmm. them in, and I think Colin Porter um, is maybe not as elite as those guys, but is is going to hit the open shots. So you really have four really really good good uh, yeah uh, weapons from deep. If I could if I could use a baseball analogy analogy, it's like um having like a bullpen game, right? Yeah. Like you have a bullpen game, and not everybody is going to be off. Um, you've got a a decent chance of um your bullpen going pretty deep into a game. And it's the same way with the three-point shooters. Not everybody is going to be off. Um, you know, you find the hot hand, and um, hopefully it's a, there's a balance there and everybody is is draining threes. But um, if one guy is having a bad day, then um, you've got other options you can go to. Yeah. All right, let's uh, take a quick look at Liberty's upcoming schedule. Uh, obviously, FAU and Charleston this week. Um, Liberty does still have a one really huge um, non-conference home game against Greg Canyon and our guy Ryan in the uh, uh, on Facebook saying the arena better pack out the house against GCU. Uh, I agree, Ryan. We, we said it last week. Uh, I, I hope Liberty really pushes this pushes this game. I hope that that uh, uh, in Convo they they show a little video of Grand Canyon's home games and they challenge the students to 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 try to match that their energy because they have an incredible incredible home home court advantage. Uh, Grand Canyon, actually, I was watching them on Saturday. Cost me a little bit of coin, not going to lie. I had North Dakota State <laughs> plus 14 and a half, and uh, Grand Canyon was uh, down four at halftime and somehow still won the game by 15 points. So, Hey, that's how loaded this, this out-of-conference schedule is, is that you hit Myrtle Beach, you hit Florida Atlantic, and I always forget that Grand Canyon is still there. Yeah, like it's it's still right there, and maybe it's because I'm looking ahead and I've got like the P5 glasses on, so I'm seeing through the the lenses of um, man, you got an Alabama coming up. Um, but I forget like the Grand Canyon. That's such an important game right there. Well, in Utah Valley, that's a tough game on the road uh, mm-hmm. as a, as a as a true road game. Um, Utah Valley. Of course, they, they had a really good run in the NIT last year. Now they did uh, get absolutely destroyed uh, by Charlotte, a team that, that Liberty beat pretty well. That was at Charlotte, um, so I, you know they, they've been a little down so far this year. But uh, that's uh, obviously traveling across the country and playing a true road game uh, that always scares you. And um, right before 
you know, Alabama right before Christmas. Um, man, there's I mean, obviously Mississippi Valley State. That's as close to a gimme game as you get. Um, we're mm-hmm. not even going <laughs> to discuss the the St. Peter's, whatever that school is. Um, Tennessee State should be a you know pretty easy easy game at home. But man, you still got three really quality quality uh, uh, non conference games even after this tournament. So, yeah, what a what an awesome awesome schedule this year. Yeah, exciting. It's exciting to to watch a lot of these games and then not have any kind of drop off once you get into conference play. And they did a pretty good job balancing out the uh, the three uh, NIAA Division Seven schools. So shout out <laughs> to the the scheduling for that. All right, we already went through the CUSA rankings. Let's just before we get out of here, I tell you what's going on in CUSA uh, this week, as we always do. Let me put this full screen. You can see it a little bit better. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast, FIU, uh, that is on uh, on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. That's kind of a fun fun little uh, matchup. FIU, they've had kind of an up and down year. Of course, they almost beat Miami. They've also had some really clanker performances as well. Uh, Sam Houston, they're going to get a top 100 game um, against Arizona State. Louisiana Tech, they're going to get a top 100 game against New Mexico. So really a loaded day on Wednesday night uh, around around uh, uh, CUSA, uh, and then uh, wrapping it up over the uh, the weekend, uh, Middle Tennessee. They got a tough game against Wofford. They're always tough in the SOCON. Uh, see if they can bounce back. Uh, and then uh, it's the it's the week of playing New Mexico. It's New Mexico State. Play New Mexico. It's always a fun rivalry. Um, did you see, uh, Will, did you see um, – uh, let me pull this out. Did you see um, New Mexico uh, – Mexico State on uh, Sunday uh, had to finish mm-hmm. the game with four players against Louisville. They they took Louisville oh. to overtime, and they should have won the game. Louisville kind of had a crazy comeback at the end. They had like six guys foul out. They had to, they had to finish overtime with four players. Oh man! Well, hey, I know you know we do men's basketball, but our women's team had a, a pretty good showing against number twenty Louisville um, on the women's Did side. They pulled that uh, off the other night. Uh, they they lost by like nine or something like that, I think, okay. Um, okay. after just getting completely trounced by Gonzaga the, the day before. So, hey, I mean, Louisville's women's team would assuredly beat their men's team this year. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, no question about it. Uh, shout, then wrap- shout out to the girls because we don't, you know, we don't talk about them that much with, with basketball. But, but shout out to uh, Carrie Green and company who always keep Liberty women's basketball relevant on the mountain. Yeah, hey, if someone wants to do a, a, a Sea of Red ladies basketball podcast, uh, I'll be set up. We'll do it. Uh, I'm sure Chad and John will be all about it. So if, if there's someone that has the passion for that, let's do it. Let's go. I think we should have a lacrosse uh, a podcast. I think we should have a track and field. Do we have a water polo team? Hockey? <laughs> let's do it all. Let's have all the podcasts. Maybe we'll do it one night every week. Um, I can only do one. So if there's anyone else out there that wants to do it, uh, make it happen. Let's go. I'm I'm all for a, um, a baseball podcast. I'm all in on that one. All right, you're on your own on that. I'll be I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be grinding that time of year. But uh, if, yeah. if you want to you want to start one, I'll I'll set you up and uh, <laughs> I, I'll uh, I'll give you the keys. Uh, all but right. Wrap Sounds it up. Good. Wrap wrap it up. The CUSA week. Uh, so fun games on Sunday as well. Uh, Jack State against East Tennessee State. That's always a quality opponent and then western kentucky against our, our old friends at eastern kentucky 
Uh, so really uh, fun week at CUSA. Um, hopefully some of the, the, the teams that have kind of had a really bad couple weeks can, can have some, some either maybe a couple wins, but at least some really good performances, at least kind of get those metrics back up uh, because you know uh, your boy is uh, sadly all about that. Well, you got any uh, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? No, man. I finished uh, some uh, some of my. Uh, uh, we hope the answer is yes, Jackson. We hope the answer is yes coming up to um, every every single game. We hope is yes. Well, um, well, well. You always win when you drink a cup of ironclad coffee, though. Is that right? Always a winner. Always a winner. It's ironclad. It's a lock. Bet bet on ironclad. You're always a winner when you drink ironclad. You're always a winner when you buy a house from Jason Porter. And you're yep. definitely a winner if you visit Leesburg. Is that right? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's Any correct. Any final thoughts, my friend? <laughs> no, nah, man. I, I finished up my Thanksgiving leftovers uh, tonight. And um, so I hope everyone had a, a good Thanksgiving. Um, hope hope uh, the the crowd shows up Friday night to the football game uh, shows up back at Liberty arena when basketball gets back off the road. And uh, let's just go do a lot of winning. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we will be back next week. Uh, not sure on the day I'll be traveling this weekend. Maybe we're going to do Monday night. We'll let you know, of course, uh, back to uh, recap this uh, exciting weekend for Liberty. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, if you are not subscribed to a Sea of Red on YouTube, do that. Also, hit like on every single video you ever see. That stuff really helps us here, Red, continue to hopefully grow the brand. And, of course, always visit a for all the latest. John Manson, I don't know when this guy sleeps, but the guy literally has an article like every 20 <laughs> minutes uh, up on the site. No one covers Liberty better and uh, just does an awesome job. And it's just really cool, the platform that he's built and he's let two knuckleheads come on and talk basketball so appreciate you john appreciate you chad appreciate all you liberty fans let's go beat fau have a great week everyone